You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, I get the, uh, I get the pleasure of introducing our speaker today. And uh, Andrew, come up here just for a minute. Come on up here. For, let's give Andrew Steele a big round of applause. And uh, woo! Yeah, man. Let me tell you something. All right. You brought your own cheering section. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're fired up. Well, Andrew and I go way back. Uh, Andrew and I have known each other for a while. Man, Andrew, what I really love about you is that, you remember that time we were on that trip? And and, and we went back in the North 40, man. We were out like in the woods, and and we were just like, man, talking about deep revelations in God. And you dropped this bomb. And, dude, it it changed my life. It changed my life. Do you remember what you said to me? It was great, yeah. We're just, what I'm trying to do is, Andrew and I really don't know each other. We're acquaintances. I was just trying to put him on the spot and make him feel at home because he's family and we love you, man. And just are so excited to have you here at Resurgent ATL and really excited about what God's doing in your life and in your team's life and everything else. It's just amazing. So let's just give him, a again, let's give him a round of applause. Come on. Let's stand up. Let's honor these guys. Honor this team. Yeah. Yeah, Leah, let, let, let worship this morning. Amazing. Thank you, Leah. Come on, so good. Woo, we're fired up. We are fired up. I actually thought you were going somewhere with it because it does feel like family here uh, for, for me and for, for many reasons. I'm, I'm seeing so many familiar faces in here, and I'm, I was getting wrecked. I was trying to prepare for the message even more and writing down testimonies and I couldn't do it because I was thinking of the goodness of God in my life. Whew. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, I grew up in the Bible Belt, uh, North Carolina, got wrecked by Jesus. We've been spending a lot of years out of in Redding, California, Bethel Church. And um, there's many times that I came in, in, my, in my journey with Jesus. I actually came down to, to, uh, to Bethel ATL and and so that's where I, that, that's what I, the Lord was just reminding me of where he's taken me and taken our family and, and just his faithfulness. And uh, I grew up in a, a Catholic and a Southern Baptist home. So we would go back and forth between the churches and, you know, just so much religion. But my parents were amazing and they raised me, they raised me right. But I, but I met Jesus and I started meeting all these crazy Bethel people up in Raleigh, North Carolina. And, you know, I didn't know what I thought about it. And uh, that was, man, almost 10 years ago. And, uh just been on fire ever since, and I believe you actually, I thought that's where you're going with it, I, I, I was trying to remember, uh, I was getting, I was down on my knees back there, and just remembering these moments I had at, at Bethel ATL, and, and, and where God's taken us from there, and just the impartation of boldness, and seeing God move here in the south, we knew it was happening, you know, in California, and around, in the nations, and for me, when I first came to, to Bethel Atlanta, I was, I was marked, and I knew, and there's prophetic destiny spoken over me and my family, and so, it's really special to be here. You guys excited to see God move today? <sighs> we're really excited. We were up until I think 1 a.m. last night at, at our amazing hosts, uh, Kathy and, and Bud. They're somewhere in here. And we said, hey, we're going to have a little team debrief. We've Our team, Burn Wagon, can you guys just raise your hands real quick? We got 15 fireballs. I think we have a little less than 15 right now. Uh, we had to drop a couple of them off at the airport this morning. And so we're missing just a few, but most of them are here. And uh, because we were at the airport this morning, we're like, hey, we need to have a, a final team debrief. It's probably going to get a little while, but 
Uh, we did a worship night with Stephen, wherever Stephen Harwick is, and the guys, they're back there. So we were at, had a little worship night last night out in, uh, what was that, like West Marietta last night, and it was fun, it was powerful, and that didn't end until late, and we're like, we just need to, we need to just talk about the testimony of Jesus, just like Scott was talking about, and, and we just had everyone sharing on the team what God did in them personally, and we couldn't stop, and we were up until like 1 a.m., so we're just fired up, we're ready to see God move today. We felt like there was going to be a marking in people's hearts as we were sharing testimonies of what Jesus has been doing around, not just around the nations, but this nation. And uh, around cities across the south, it's been a huge heart of mine as we take our family to war zones. We go all across the Middle East. We love to see God move in impossible situations. But I've always wanted to see God move here in the south, being close to home. And so it's been beautiful to be going across. We, we started in Lubbock, Texas about 10 days ago. We all flew in from around the world. Uh, my wife and I have the privilege, and, and many of the people that are here were uh, BSSM alumni, and we, we uh, get to serve on, on the third-year ministry school, helping and mentoring students. We have our amazing third-year here who just graduated, Michelle. So she, just get ready, she, she's going to release some prophetic words here in a minute. But um, we love we love our home. We love the family. We love the global family of Christ, and, uh, and, and we love Bethel Church and Reading. But what we've loved about this last year in 2020 is how God's just, just shaking things up a little bit. And, and it's been a really cool reminder of coming back to, to the simplicity that is in Christ that Paul talks about. And we've been seeing God move in power and miracles and him just pursuing people out on the streets that we love already. We love outreach. We love, we love everything that Jesus does outside of the four walls. We love to come together and celebrate. But seeing God move this last 10 days, I know for many people on our team, hearing them share last night how God personally, we love the miracles, but what he did personally in each person's heart is what they're excited to then freely give out today. And so today we believe there's going to be an impartation of boldness, of courage, and childlike faith. And so we're going to be praying for people. We're going to show, we actually are going to show a little, a little sneak peek of a, a documentary we, we made with, uh, with Bethel Music, um, with Light a Candle. We haven't released it yet, um, but, it, but it's a, a documentary we, we uh, recorded and filmed in northern Iraq on the refugee camps of God moving in power and, uh, and lives being saved and, and miracles happening. So we've been working uh, with Bethel Music, Sean Foyt, um, trying to release this film. It was going to go to HBO or to Netflix. Uh, um, and so we're going to show a little sneak peek of that here at the end and go after and see God heal, just like he does in the refugee camps. We believe he's going to heal here today. So you were already getting ready to go after him. Like, hey, maybe we don't even need to do that. We'll just, we'll just get in the glory instead. But, um, but anyways, my name is Andrew Steele. Sorry, I was just... Feel the spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, why don't we just do that real quick instead? <laughs> Holy Spirit, we're just so aware of you. You are so worthy. You're so worthy of our lives. You're so worthy of our yes, of our celebration. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah, we just throw throw aside our agendas. Holy Spirit, would you have your way in each person's heart today? So intimately, so personal with each person sitting here today. Would you mark them so that everywhere, everywhere they go, revival would break out at a higher level? In Jesus' name. Man, I like this place. <laughs> 
We, um, I heard you guys love Steve Backland here. Um, Steve comes through here some, and uh, I love Steve. He changed my life. I got the honor of traveling with him a few years ago. I was going through school, and uh, so we're, we're hope people. We might laugh at some lies here in a little bit. You never know. Um, but uh, so anyways, we, we run. So just a quick intro, and then we'll get into it. But as you guys know, I'm sure from Steve, so um, we have this hodgepodge of family. We don't care about ministry names, you know, uh, but we just care about Jesus. And uh, Burn 24-7, as I'm sure Stephen has shared with you guys before, uh, Burn 24-7 is just, our, our heart is to see John 17 uh, come to fruition. This a unified bride worshiping Jesus with no agenda. And so Burn 24-7 is just a global movement. We have uh, burns all over the U.S. Um, there's over, we think there's over, we need to do like a, a tally um, to see where we're at right now. But there, there's about 300 burns around the world right now. They call them furnaces. And only about 70 or 80 are here in the U.S. The rest of them are in the, in, in the nations. And so there's, there's over 30 across uh, the nation of India, which we all know India needs it bad right now. And so there's uh, these pockets, these hubs of burns, these furnaces where people gather once a month for 24 hours or maybe it's 24-7. Some burns are going after it to simply worship Jesus and be a people of his presence. And so our heart as a ministry, as the burn or light a candle, uh, which is just the, the mission's expression of burn, is that everything would be an overflow of worship. And, and you guys carry that here. It's so evident. And uh, we believe that the great commandment propels the great commission. And so everything that we did this last week and going across the states, we our heart is to do everything from this place of his presence, from, from union with him. And so we, we want to first go up and then go out and know him and then make him known. And so that's our heart. And so light a candle, um, the story of that, so all, light a candle, all it is, is it's just the burn. And uh, we, took, we took the burn, Sean Foyt founded, if you guys know, I'm sure a few of you know of Sean Foyt here, um, wild, wild missionary man. I've seen God move in the nations here, and so we have the honor, my wife and I have the honor of serving him and, uh, and the missions organization. Deep down, Sean's, Sean's a missions kid. He grew up a missions kid with his family, and uh, he loves what God's doing here. Um, and he loves the church, but, but what he loves to see is transformation in the nations and, and seeing the light go to the darkness. And so uh, the burn started 15 years ago. And uh, in that time, they had always been taking missions trips to the nations and, you know, to war zones. And you've probably seen stories or read books of, of Sean. That's what my wife and I did, you know, in Afghanistan or wherever. And, and just bringing the glory of God to the, to the most dark situations and seeing him show up. And uh, it changed our lives, and we we're like, we need to see that fruit in our lives. You know, we were running, we, we did a YWAM. Do we have any YWAM alumni in here? Anyone? Come on, Youth with a Mission. And so we were in missions, and we were like, we're going to go to Bethel Church for one year. We're going to get filled up, and we're going to go to the mission field. We're going to give our lives to Jesus, and, and, you know, and we'll be in one village if we have to. And then God had a different, different plan for us, and we, we synced up with Sean there, and it's been a dream uh, carrying out and seeing Light a Candle uh, go to the nations and raise up indigenous leaders who are making disciples and seeing the kingdom of God move in, uh, in the Muslim world and all across the 1040 window. And so our motto, Light a Candle, um, and back in 2014 when ISIS was at its height in northern Iraq, and you guys probably all rem you know, remember the footage of, of the reporter's head you know, being uh, chopped off, and they, you know, they, they tried to instill fear, ISIS did, and that went out in 2014, and it went you know, viral all over the world. And it was in that moment that, that Sean was like, hey, you know, he was watching, and he said, 
this can't happen on our watch. You know, they can't use fear to, to cripple the body of Christ. We're not going to stand back and, you know, and, and step down because of fear. We're going to actually run at this thing. And so in that moment, he said, we actually need to go where that's happening. We need to bring worship and we need to bring, bring the presence of God. And so he sent out an email to all of like the burn at the time. And, and he said, Who, who's willing to go? I need worshipers that will go to the front lines and to Iraq. And this was right after that video came out. So you can imagine he didn't get a whole lot of response. <laughs> but at that time, what I love, and I love looking at our team here and the many of the young, young people here, at that time that the three people to respond were his three nannies at the time in, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And they'd been watching his kids as they were, you know, traveling as a family. And, uh, and, and his three nannies, uh, three 18-year-old girls, blonde-haired, no missions experience, worship leaders, uh, said, we'll go. And so they went out to probably to a lot of uh, <laughs> concerned parents and, and family members who were probably encouraging them not to go. Um, and they went and they felt peace and they, and they felt the, the leading of the Lord. And they went in 2014, in the middle of ISIS. There were three blonde-haired girls on an airplane uh, with their guitars while everyone else had military, you know, uniforms on next to them or, or had their, you know, uh, headdresses on. And everyone's asking, what are you guys doing? What are you thinking? Like, who are you with? Are, are you, you know, and they're like, we're, we're going. We got our guitars. We're just going to go worship and pray. And, and people thought they were crazy. And uh, here we are almost eight years later, and we have a long-term base in northern Iraq. And, uh, and that was just a burn team. And, and they went over there, and they found out in order to stay in Iraq, it's very difficult if anyone does missions here and, you know, does work in the Middle East. They do everything they can to, to make sure workers don't stay on the field. And so they had to register with the government there. And, uh, and in order to do that, you had to register your nonprofit. And they said, oh, probably in the middle of ISIS, having a name burn 24-7 isn't the best idea. So we got to come up with something else. So they came up with light a candle. And, and it comes out of John 1.5 that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And so our motto as light a candle is it's better to light a candle than curse the darkness. And, uh, and we, we feel uh, just this, this mission from heaven to be a people that will not step back from fear whether it's here in our cities, whether it's here in the nation, in our states, or to the ends of the earth, we want to be a people that bring his light to the darkness. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to share some, share some testimonies. We're going to see, share testimonies of God moving in Mobile at, at, in, in, some, in some amazing circumstances. We, we got to bring the light of darkness to, to cities all across the south this past week and see God move. Tumors disappeared off of people's bodies. We're going to share a testimony on that. We saw cancer. We saw uh, deaf ears open, deaf their entire life, right ear open, just like you were sharing. And so we're just going to get fired up. You guys ready? So I'm going to call my team up here real quick. The burn wagon. Perfect. You guys want to line up like here. Make sure we keep an eye on the time here. These guys get, get a little too wild. <sighs> so these guys, a bunch of them are our alumni. And then we have a bunch of people that have never been on a trip with us before. So we have the whole gamut. And every single person, doesn't matter how much training. I just felt like today as we're sharing this, the Lord actually wanted to, to break off disqualification. That, that everyone here is qualified. 
because that same power that raised him from the dead is in each one of us. And so our prayer is that today, no matter what, as you're hearing these testimonies, if you feel a lie that comes that says, well, that's great for them, but if they would have known, we're just going to send that thing back. And so as they share testimonies, if any of these resonate with you or if, if you feel a connection with this in your heart, if there's something that you're contending for in your life, uh, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you right seat. And uh, we're just going to see God move. So I'm going to have them share a couple testimonies, and then we're going to go after some prophetic ministry. Hannah, this is the amazing Hannah Lewis. <laughs> Hannah came with us on a trip this past year, and she's seen God transform her life. And she's just a little fireball evangelist. And uh, everywhere she goes, even as she's been seeing breakthrough in her own life, freed of depression, Still, still, still on the journey of, of, of beautiful healing and, and just encountering the joy of the Lord uh, this past week. She's releasing it everywhere she goes. She's seeing people saved. Like, it's, it's convicting for me. She just goes up to anyone for it. She's like, oh, yeah, it was awesome. How was, like, how was the cop? She's like, oh, four girls got saved. And, you know, it was pretty cool. So and we're like, come on, Hannah. But I just wanted Hannah to share a testimony of what happened yesterday in Mobile. Hi, guys. Thank you for having us. We're so honored to be here. Um, we got to just do some evangelism in Mobile. Um, it's a beautiful place to just do that around, and, and we went there a couple months ago, and it was just amazing. Um, and so we went up to this lady who was just sitting on a park bench. She was she was homeless, and um, there was just, like, no hope in her eyes and, um, like, a heaviness almost, and you could just feel it. And so we kind of talked to her and we just, we wanted to get to know her before anything because a lot of times I've found people don't necessarily always remember the word you say, but they remember how you made them feel. Um, just like making someone feel seen who's never felt seen before could absolutely change the course of their life. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily just a kindness. It's just, it's just Jesus. You're just showing Jesus. And so, um, we got to just pray for her. We, we asked her if she needed healing for anything. Cause we kind of, it was me and Brandon and another girl. And we just felt like she had something physical that she needed healing for. And so she began to explain that she was in a really bad car accident a while ago and she had severe nerve damage all on the right side of her body, like from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. And she was at a level 10 pain every morning. She woke up um, just miserable. And so then I understood where some of the heaviness came from because I don't know how I would wake up every morning feeling that. And so, um, you know, we genuinely believed. We were like, the Lord wants to heal you. And so we prayed and we prayed. I think we were there for around 45 minutes and nothing was happening. And I was like, God, why? Like, we've seen you do like a, open a deaf ear in, in, in an instant. Like, why aren't you healing her? And he just told me she's partnering with the lie that she's not going to be healed because she kept repeating over herself, I'm not going to be healed. Like, I'm always going to struggle with this. And there's so much life and death in the tongue. So much life and death in the tongue. And so the Lord just told me, have her repeat life over herself. And so I would say something and have her repeat it. Um, I will be healed. I will be healed. I'm not going to struggle with this pain anymore. And we did that for a while. <clears throat> and her pain went down to a, a zero. And she was completely healed. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Jesus. It's amazing. Whew. Brandon here was a... Uh, 
we were praying. Brandon was from Lubbock, Texas, where we started the trip. Brandon uh, met Jesus, came back to Jesus just to, yeah, he's going to get wrecked on this trip. Come on. Um, came back to Jesus just recently and uh, was, he took the step of faith. He was like, man, am I ready to go with all these crazy guys on this trip? And uh, took off of work. He's an EMT and said, I'm just going to go with him. I'm going to step out and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see God move on this trip. And he's, gotten, he's been on the floor most nights. But, but to see his radical faith and, uh, and to step out, he's got a gift of faith. And then why don't you tell him about this, this tumor that disappeared? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know because the green light was off. Anyways, um, so I was praying for this guy's girlfriend at first, right, Because for something because she had her hand raised. And so I was like, cool. And she was like, he needs prayer. And I was like, all right, yeah, we'll do that. Sounds fun. And he's like, and I was like, what do you need prayer for? He's like, well, I've had a tumor since I was born in my head and you can see it right here in the front of his head and he said it's just so much pressure like it's constant a constant migraine that like he like never he never has any relief and so I was praying for him um and nothing happened and God just told me just be quiet so I was like okay so I put my hand on his head and I just held it there um and he started kind of like feeling the Holy Spirit he came back and as I was holding there the tumor just started disintegrating right and so the tumor was like totally dissolved and he came up and he's like he was just so he's free he's like I'm free and so we were just rejoicing that like that that tumor that he had his whole life was gone yeah come on Jesus that's amazing that is oh thank you God thank you Jesus Yeah, we're going to share some more te- uh, healing testimonies here at the end. We're going to have a little ministry time, and uh, they're going to release some, some words of knowledge they've been praying, and just going to see God heal people the exact same way here this morning. Does that sound good? Um, but first, I wanted to, a, a few of the team were feeling some prophetic words, either for this, for this house or for some people in here, um, and so I'm just going to release them. I'm going to pull up my Bible phone real quick. <laughs> Praise God, right? <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? We have access. Um, so I was standing here in worship and just had my hands open and I heard the Lord just like say, um, turn to the place in the Bible where Elisha meets the widow and fills up the jars with oil. So I turned there and this is what it says. I'm just going to read it. So this is Second Kings 4 and I feel like this is for this, this church. Um, so it says, now the wife of one of the sons, the prophets, cried to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. But the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do to you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. And go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all the vessels and when one is full, set it aside. So she went in. So basically she goes in. You can read it. but And just starts filling all these empty vessels that she collected. And the oil stops flowing once all the vessels have been filled. And I heard the Lord say for this house that there's going to just be continuously, like, people that are coming, bringing empty vessels. that Like, the oil's never going to stop flowing from this house. <laughs> 
And then I saw this picture of like everybody just just emptying themselves out before the Lord. And there was this unity and this diversity that I feel like is coming to this church where the Lord's literally going to melt down the vessels and then make a new one that's like fully connected. And I believe this house is going to bring a unity to this city. Um, yes, as we were worshiping, um, I was asking the Lord for just, you know, what he wanted to say over the body. And I just feel like he said it's time for celebration. And I saw, I don't usually see in the spirits. I just like imagine things. But I, when I was worshiping, I was like looking up to these things and I was like, what is that? But then I felt the Lord give me a picture of like the little angels, like they're worshiping, like there's always, they're always excited. But like. They're, like, up in, like, hiding behind these things, and they have, like, you know, the balloon drop things? They have, like, the balloons, and they're, like, just waiting, like, okay, are you ready? Are you ready? And, like, they were just ready, like, waiting for the celebration moment, and they're, like, okay, they don't know what's coming. And, like, they're, like, okay, here we go. And, like, when the worship ended, like, they drop the balloons, and they, like, all go, and everyone, like, freaks out. And they have, like, confetti blasters, and, like, okay, you ready? Like, and, like, I just felt like they were, like, on the brink of celebration, and they're like, we're just, we're waiting on y'all. Like, we're waiting on you guys to break out so we can pop the, like, so we can throw the confetti and, like, shower you guys with celebration, and I don't know, I just, I just think y'all are on the brink of celebration, and, and heaven wants to celebrate over you guys, and, and the, the pressing that y'all have been doing, the fighting y'all have been doing, um, like, they're so, like, heaven is so proud of you. God is so proud of you guys for just moving forward. Um, and never stop. So, yeah. Hi, guys. Um, first off, I just felt like, well, my name's Isaac. I felt like honoring your house here. It's a beautiful building that you guys have. And we, we feel so honored to end our trip here in Atlanta with all of y'all. And um, it's been an incredible trip. <laughs> and I'm so excited. All y'all, you know, I went to college in the South. It's okay. It's all right. Oh, man. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I got a weird word for, for all of you guys. And um, I almost said it again, all y'all. <laughs> I felt like, and I don't know, you guys have the Braves here, right? Atlanta Braves. I don't know if it's the Braves, but I, I honestly, all morning, I couldn't get this out that there's an access coming in a baseball stadium for your church, that there's actually outreach to be done um, at a stadium here in town, right here. There's, <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I kept seeing it, and when she was saying access, I'm like, well, there's more confirmation. There's access, I think, at the baseball stadium. So there's, there's that. And then this gentleman right here in the white shirt, I was looking at you earlier, and the Lord said, you are a prosperous man. And I felt like there is actually a grace on your life to speak into college-age kids and students. And the, the peace that you carry when you talk to people or when you sit quietly actually counsels. Like, I felt like the Lord actually counsels people even as you just sit and listen to them. That the Lord has given you a wisdom that's beyond words. And so I actually, I want to thank you for the way that you steward the Holy Spirit within you. Thank you, man. What's your name, brother? Sean, can you, can I pray for you? Could you stand up for me? Let's all, everybody extend your hands to Sean. We're going to pray for him. Holy Spirit, 
I thank you for your generous son. God, we just speak more to him right now. Holy Ghost, I thank you for the way that he stewarded your spirit. I thank you for a double portion coming into his life. God, I thank you for encouragers coming around him. Wow. Thank you, Jesus, for this son. Thank you for the representation that he makes of this church. Thank you for the symbol he carries into Atlanta. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Wow, we thank you. Lord, we just pray your blessing over him. Amen. Thank you, Sean. All right. Um, I had a word for the woman back there. I think you're in like a, it's like salmon pink color, kind of like mine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Hi, Heather. I'm Nikki. Um, I, when I saw you, I just felt the Lord just say like, she's, she's a, she's a lover of my presence. Um, I feel like you just release like love encounters with God everywhere you go. Like, I feel like I just saw this picture of you like walking into stores and you just smile and you look deep into people's eyes and they feel the love of God. And it brings up questions of like, what was that? Like, like what, like who, who was this? And like, what did I encounter? And I feel like the love, the love that's in your eyes actually transforms people because it's the love of Jesus. And you've spent time in the secret place looking at Jesus and that's like, there's like a power in your eyes. And I can't really see your eyes from here, but I'm sure they're beautiful if that's what Jesus is saying. Um, but yeah, you're just beautiful. Don't doubt it. Okay, I have a word for you. I, I want you to stand up, actually. <laughs> Her, your name is Faith, is that right? Awesome. I just feel, felt like you're a pioneer. You have a, like a strong pioneering spirit about you. I also feel like you're a worship leader and you're an intercessor. Like you carry a strong intercession gift when you um, lay your hands on people and when you pray, things break. Oof. <laughs> uh, and I just, I just feel like you carry like an unlocking for this church. Like what Nikki was saying about diversity, I, I feel like you're you're the key. I feel like you're the key. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you have the most beautiful heart. I feel like the seasons you've gone through where there's a lot of pain, you now carry the breakthrough for others. I feel like um, the season of, like, um, anxiety is over for you in Jesus name there's going to be such peace about you that when people come into the same room as you they literally won't be able to have anxiety yeah <laughs> you're just a fire starter yeah so Jesus will seal these words over faith and I in her name is Faith God, and I feel like that's what literally what she carries, like an unlimited amount of faith for the impossible. Thank you, God, for what she carries for this church. You're just a catalyst. Yeah. All right, one more. So I got a word for the gentleman right in the aisle here, you with the flower shirt. So... <laughs> I, uh, I looked at you, and I just saw, like, justice written all over you, but then I felt this word, you have a key to bring restoration to Atlanta, and I don't know what that means to you, but that's all I have, and I just want to release that. What's your name? Barry. Barry. God, thank you for Barry. Holy Spirit. Wow. Thank you that for the anointing that's on his life. 
thank you for the restoration that's about to happen in Atlanta, the healing that's going to take place in the city as a, as a whole. Wow, thank you, Jesus. We release that. Yes. Come on, Jesus. Amazing. All right. Thank you, team. So good. Wasn't that good, guys? Come on. Give you guys a plan. They're going to be back up here. Amazing. We're going to hear from them and to end this thing. We're going to go. They're going to share some words of knowledge and healing after, after we share here. We're going to open our... Open the word. It's not the south unless we open the word up, so we got to do that. Um, I wanted Michelle. She just had one more corporate word. She was just feeling for, for this house. We're just going to be a perfect transition into the fire. So let's go. Oh, my goodness. I'm, like, weeping at the love of Jesus. You guys carry him. You guys love him so much and so well. I just feel the heart of God just, it's not like a sad weeping, but it's like just deep joy and pleasure over you all. And he's just so excited. I do really feel celebration on you guys. You guys celebrate him so well. And I also feel like um, you guys carry family, like the young and old equally carry the love of the father and the joy. And there's such unity in this place. I feel that anyone that steps in here or near you guys just, oh, you guys have a breaker's anointing. Like shackles just break off and they just feel like at home and they belong and they are accepted by the Father. And I felt during worship as I like stepped towards the back. I don't know, I have this thing where I like to go to the back of the church and just like, <laughs> um, oh my goodness, my hands started burning and you guys carry fire, like deep fire for the Lord. And it's a catching fire that releases. And I feel like each one of you, as you like step out of church, um, yeah, you just release it everywhere you go to the north, to the west and east and south of Atlanta. And there's this fresh anointing of fire and encounter that is happening here and that you're releasing to your city. So I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the passion, the burning desire, and the fire that this church carries, this house carries, and individually just the intimacy of the Lord that they carry. Yeah, and I just bless their journey, and I just bless the fire that it catches fire. To, I just keep saying fire because that's all I see. It's like a fire that, like, um, yeah, that's contagious. It's like that lights up the city and everyone. So I just thank you. Yeah, Jesus. So good. Amen. So good. Whew. Thanks, Michelle. Who's ready for fire? I'll take some fresh fire. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Jesus. Um, open your Bibles. Acts 4. Ooh, almost lost that guy. There we go. Actually, even as we open to Acts 4, Ryder, would you play that, that, that promo video? I felt like there's going to be a boldness, even as, as these, as these uh, disciples are asking for boldness in Acts 4. I just want to play that, that, that short, that, that first promo one. 
The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Yet as another day passes with over three billion people who've never heard the gospel, Jesus is calling us to boldly shine, to run to the corners of the earth where no one's gone before. Now is the time to give sight to the blind, set the captives free, and bring the good news to the most forgotten and unreached. We are the hands and feet of Jesus, and we carry the light that pierces the darkness. So how will you respond? What is holding you back? We all have our reasons. It could be fear, our own comforts, or maybe you don't feel qualified. But Paul writes in Romans, this is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Salvation is now, and time is running out. So wake up, step past your limitations, silence all fear, and respond to his final mission. Will you go? Fired up. Let's go. Who's ready for fears and our own comforts to just get tossed aside today? I love, uh, there's a couple shots there of my, I didn't even, I was just so overcome with the glory. I didn't even, people were like, who is this guy? Is he, is he a ring on there? Um, I saw some shots of, of, of my wife and our baby over there in Iraq with us. Um, Ryder, could you throw up that? photo. Just uh, at least wanted to show my wife. She wanted to be here so bad. Uh, her name's Kirsten. Actually, she grew up with Riley. Riley leaned over during worship. She's like, hey, are you Kirsten's husband? I grew up with her. So that's awesome. My wife's from Kalispell, Montana. We met. Her life was radically transformed. She was in drug addiction and uh, had fallen away from the Lord, grew up in the church, and God miraculously plucked her. And now she's being used as as a voice of freedom in the nations. And uh, she's with her family. We started the burn wagon in Texas, and we just had uh, our daughter there's River. She's three years old. She's been to Iraq, I think, three or four times, and she's three years old. She's amazing. And, uh, and uh, we just had another baby, um, our, our first son, Eli, and so he's two months old. So as much as we wanted to drive across the whole U.S. with a, a newborn, we decided to <laughs> that she could... Uh, you can only breastfeed so much on the road, and uh, so she, she stayed back in Texas, um, so I fly back to her and our kiddos today, but they love, they love you guys. She was, she was saying, what did she say? She was texting me this morning. She said, I felt like there was going to be fresh joy and freedom released this morning at Resurgent. So, um, but yeah, Acts 4, let's jump in here, and then we're going we're gonna to see God move. I love Acts 4. I actually wasn't planning on, uh, I was going to go a different direction this morning, and um, this is just one of my, one of my favorite, favorite chunks of scripture. I, couldn't, I haven't been able to get out of Acts all this year, you know, with, with everything going on, the pandemic, and, and uh, I've been going through the Gospels, but every, every day I'm just, I keep going back to, to Acts and seeing the way that the early church responded uh, to, to oppression, to persecution, to uh, things uh, coming at you. For every reason, they should be shrinking back in, in the early church. And, and instead, you see a people responding with great faith. 
and uh, as as our nations are being shut down, as our as 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 the U.S. seems, you know, as as the media is trying to say that everything hell is breaking loose, it's it's now that we need to respond like the early church and see radical fruit, and and sons and daughters coming into the kingdom. And so, um, what I love about Acts four is 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 what I feel like we're doing this morning is 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 we want to see we want to see a church not just in the nations but we want we believe in our cities and this city in Atlanta we want to see a revival break out outside the four walls as they were meeting house to house church and uh, and breaking bread together but seeing miraculous healings and the kingdom of God um, at move and so at verse 23 right after Peter and John are released from prison <laughs> they said as soon as they were freed Peter and John returned to the other believers and gave a report, and they told them what the leading priests and the elders had said. And when they heard the report, all the believers instantly lifted their voices together in prayer to God. So I love that when they heard this this, this report of, of threats, of being in prison, their response wasn't fear or, ooh, what, should we come up with another strategy? Or maybe we need to be a little bit more covert, or maybe we should, you know, be more relevant and, and not be so bold or whatever it may be. Instead of that being the response, instantly the response was to lift a, a prayer of this boldness that we're about to see. And even after they had seen so much through fruit and in the previous chapter, 3,000 coming to the Lord, it's not like they're not already walking in boldness. They're pretty bold. Who's ready for some fresh boldness this morning? You guys are already walking it, hearing you guys talking about what's happening here. There's such a hunger here for the more. And so in verse 29, he says, And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with great boldness. Who's ready for this meeting place to be shook? <laughs> I'm ready for it to be shook. I'm ready to be shook. <laughs> A.W. Tozer says, outside of the will of God, there's nothing I want. But inside the will of God, there's nothing I fear. And, uh, and I felt like today, as we share, and we're going to show this documentary clip, uh, that there's, there's dreams, there's, there's places on your heart where the Lord's asked you to go, even as you guys were sharing that, that uh, what, what was it, like uh, the maximum security prison and hunt. Somewhere. You guys are all over the place, just like us. It's awesome. But, but I felt like there's places uh, that the Lord has challenged you. Maybe it's, maybe it's a nation. Maybe it's a certain place to go. Maybe you, uh, but, but maybe it's, it's certain neighborhoods or places or even your neighbors um, that, that the Lord has challenged you to step out or, or to just bring love. And, uh, or, or maybe there's dreams that you've had to see Atlanta transformed or there's areas that you know that are hurting, that need the gospel. They need hope. And light, and you're like, why hasn't this happened? There's just always been a problem here. You know, the, maybe maybe city officials are trying their best, but there's still not transformation happening. Why is anything happening? I feel like today the Lord was giving a fresh impartation of boldness. And as A.W. Tozer said, that inside of the will of God, there's nothing I fear. And so for us as a family, 
um, we, we've been able to take take our take our kiddos and and, and go and and in this uh, this clip of the documentary, actually when we went over with Bethel Music, um, we went over and we were supposed to do a documentary. We we're going to go over and, and Sean's heart when he had first joined Bethel Music um, and and actually moved there was he's like I want to see this amazing platform, this incredible music. Uh, platform that's changing the world. I want to see it activated at a greater level to get people to the to the nations and uh, and this platform that is that is changing the world. We want to. I want to see people go. And so he said, hey, "Hey, Bethel Music, who from the team wants to go with me to Iraq? And uh, we're going to go over and we're just going to we're going to go and do a big feeding distribution for all the refugees that are fleeing ISIS still, and for people that are fleeing Syria into Iraq. And we're going to raise a bunch of money." And we're going to feed the mamas. We're going to bring diapers into these families that have nothing. They're living in tents. Their homes have been destroyed. Just normal people, normal families. I think a lot of times, even for me, the first few times we went over years ago, you know, you have this idea of refugees or what you're seeing on the news. And you're thinking, but these are normal families with businesses, doctors. We have met people in refugee camps, a girl that has a master's and was pursuing a Ph.D. And she's a refugee in a camp right now. And uh, just heartbreaking, but they're so hungry for truth. They're so hungry for the gospel. They're so sick of, of fear and what, what Islam has been portrayed and used to bring darkness and violence to their people. And, uh, and so we went over, and uh, we, brought, we brought our kiddos, and we were going to go. And we were going to uh, go actually earlier in the year when my wife was pregnant. And uh, the country shut down, and there was a bunch of political stuff that was going on. And so uh, they, they rescheduled the trip, and it was going to happen uh, right after our baby was born, River, our three-year-old now. And we're like, ah, oh, I'm sorry, Sean. Like, that's just, you know, it was one thing to go when we were pregnant. It was our first baby, so you can imagine all the grandparents in here. You know, my, my parents weren't very excited about their first grand, grandbaby going over to Iraq. And uh, when my wife was pregnant, let alone when, when she, River was going to be th- eight weeks old. And so we were preparing, and we were just praying. And we're like, this is the word of God over our life. This is the, the destiny that, you know, there's so much prophetic promise over this church and people in this room. And, and we're like, we just leaned in, and we prayed. And we're like, we're supposed to go. And uh, what you'll see, you know, even in some of the clips that was, that was taken is, is actually River being there with us as, as an eight-week-old baby actually opened up so many doors for, for my wife to minister to, to moms and to women. And there was such a, a, an openness of people seeing new life. And, and when, after they've been through so much and pain, to see a baby, people willing to bring a baby to their nation in the midst of their pain, it, it, it shook them. And, and it opened up so many doors. And so, how are we doing on time? I want to make sure. Okay, we're good. Um, so as, as we go into this into this documentary, we call it the, our accidental documentary. Um, we did, we weren't planning on doing it. We're just going to show a short clip. We're going to be releasing it later uh, later this year. Um, but I wanted to show you a cool part of it. Um, it's called Tent Revival. And uh, we, we, we were there, and we were just, we were, all we were trying to do, we brought a couple film guys from, from Bethel Music. We just wanted to capture some footage of all the money that was raised. There was like over $150,000 raised to bring goods over. And we're like, we want to steward. We want to show people where their money went. So some people came. Everyone from Bethel Music paid their own way um, to come just to, to love love these people and see God move. And so they started filming, and we called our accident documentary because they started filming, and what we thought we were going to film, like people handing out donations and celebrating what God's doing, 
God started moving, and, and healing started taking place in the refugee camp. ISIS members that were ex-ISIS members that were there, that were in the camp, were being touched. And uh, we, we saw uh, crazy miracles going from tent to tent. They're like, we have to do something with all this footage. People need to know what's going on. They need to see what, what, what the kingdom of heaven's doing, not what, what the news is portraying of, of the Middle East and the nations. And so what you guys are about to see, not many people have seen it. Um, and, and I'm excited for, for y'all to see it. And, and I was just thinking of, of, of Romans 13, 11, and uh, as we go into it, just, just this hunger of, of, of now the harvest is ripe. And, and, and we, we're seeing it, whether our team is going, it, it, it's so ripe. People are so hungry, whether it's on the streets here as, as they were sharing or in the nations. The harvest is ripe. God is pursuing hearts, and he's just looking for us as a willing vessel just to say yes and to, to approach someone in love and say hi. And, and people have literally been leading themselves through the gospel as they talk to us. You know, it's like wherever we go, there's so much hunger for hope and for truth. And in Romans 13, 11, Paul says, this is all the more urgent for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. And so as we watch this, I just feel like hearts were going to be waked up, woken up. It's proper, proper English. But... uh. Let's play. This is called Hearts and Hands, and uh, we're going to go after some, some stuff after this to end, end our time together. We're just going to believe today that the Lord's going to show up. The Holy Spirit will move through this camp, and he knows every name, every issue, every hair. Lord, we just thank you, God, for, for this divine moment here in the camp with some of the most neglected, forgotten people on the face of the earth, God. I thank you today, Lord, that we get to be your hands and feet, Lord, that we get to be your ambassadors of hope. And Lord, we love, we can meet the, the physical needs of these people as they have so many, but God, we wanna meet the spiritual needs as well. Lord, give us a joy that's contagious, God. Give us a joy that's, that, that's uncontained, God, that just spills out, Lord, with every hug and every handshake and every every tent that we go into lord we just want to radiate the joy and the expectation of the father in jesus name amen awesome though sean and the team often pray for holy spirit's guidance when ministering the beauty and power of how he revealed himself caught them all off guard all right, Lord, which way are we going? What do you think, bro? You choose. You're our leader. Yeah, yeah. This is River's first outreach. First outreach. First outreach, how many weeks old? Uh, eight weeks. Eight weeks old, your first outreach. We're really praying, River, that you open the doors for us. She's a river, overflowing river. River overflowing. I got a river of life flowing out of me. Excellent to walk in the line to see. Opens prison doors, sets a captive. After awaiting Holy Spirit's guidance, Sean felt a sudden sense of direction. Something about this courtyard over here. 
The Bible says, find a man of peace, go into his home, which is basically what we did. And now we're getting invited to other homes because of this amazing man right here. You are a man of peace. What Sean had no way of knowing was that Taha's name, meaning man on the right path, was leading them exactly where Holy Spirit wanted to go. The team sensed God was saying something through the refugees' names, and it was confirmed in the next tent. There they found a family affected by disease and trauma caused by ISIS, with a little girl whose name prophesied what was about to happen. He was in the prison. You were in the ISIS prison? This is the... His, they, they broke his leg? What happened to all of your children when you were in prison? She saw, she saw them. They were, they were cutting. Yeah. Had, had, yeah. She get afraid. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, we want to pray over his children. We know that you have encountered so much trauma, but we believe that God's love is stronger. Jesus, I thank you for Imas. God, I thank you that you have made her in your image. What's her name? Isma. Shifa. Shifa? Shifa. Shifa. Healing. Their name is Healing. <laughs> Her name is Healing? Yeah. What? Yeah. Your name is Healing. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. We pray for the removal of all the trauma, God. All that she's seen, Lord, that... The image that she saw from ISIS in the street, Lord, yeah. we just pray that you remove that from her memory, God, all the trauma, all the pain, and that she herself would be a healing to the nations, Lord. Amen. She would be a walking testimony yes, of her God. name, God. Yes. She's feeling better? Yeah. Oh, so. in her brain. And we don't think it's an accident that his daughter's name means healing. <laughs> that right now you're healing both his back and the back of his head. Does he have any more pain? Is, any, is it the same amount of pain? Less? He's seen a lot of difference. Come on. <laughs> yes. And uh, So I think we're all pretty wrecked right now. We just began praying over every situation and just the presence of God came and you know, everybody that we prayed for was getting healing. They were feeling tingling and heat sensations. And come to find out the little girl with the head head issue that we were praying for, her name actually means healing in Arabic. <laughs> I'm wrecked by the love of God that he's willing to know these people by name, that we get to be a part of 
seeing his presence drop, but they, they'll never be the same again. Refugees, man. God loves these people. But God wasn't done quite yet. The team visited with another family who also needed healing. After hearing their story, Sean's intern Jess realized that she suffered and had been healed from all of the same ailments. Yeah. In the same way that Jesus healed her, he, said he wants to heal you and your wife and your daughter. Andrew prayed first, and there was only partial healing. So despite cultural norms, Jess released her testimony and laid hands on the father's knee. Can you ask him what he felt? What was shit? I felt there was something underneath, like a tendon, something in his kneecap. Under his kneecap, I felt, I felt something moving. I said she not. I said some barda. It's feeling like a cold breeze, like a cold breeze, something cold. Wow! Wow! Thank you, God. Before, when he was uh, pressing it like this, it was hurting. Now it's not hurting. Come on, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Next, peace and healing were released over the mother who had kidney issues. Thank you for a new heart in Jesus' name. Ah, oh, beautiful, beautiful. Jesus, I thank you, Papa. Thank you, God, that you created her in your image. She felt peace in her body yeah. as you prayed. He's asking, is this feeling I'm having, is it that healing? Yeah. The father and the mother both experienced peace, healing, and the presence of the Lord. Next, the team prayed and asked the parents to also pray for their daughter. Their baby girl had been unable to clap or raise her hand above her shoulder since birth. Hey, Hannah, do you want Sit. to, can you tell them, since he just got healed, we, lot, we want him to lay hands also on his daughter, yeah, if he's good. comfortable. If you want to pray for him, I want to pray for him. If you want to pray for him, I want to pray for him. Yes, I want to pray for him. Yes, I want to pray for they are saying, they are saying, literally, she hasn't lifted her hand this much before. Never. It's the first time she raised it like this. Never. 
Just as in the book of Acts, somewhere in the deserts of the Middle East, healing led to the salvation of a whole family. Hallelujah. The baby's name is Bushra. Bushra means good news. Wow, we have good news for you. Jesus, only Jesus, your name is alive, just like we were sharing, just straight out of worship, his name is alive, only Jesus can take a refugee family that literally was running for their lives from their city and bring hope and joy and restoration to their family. So we just want to release exactly what just happened on that screen here in this room. And uh, we believe God's going to move. And what I love about the story that, that we are seeing this thread throughout that whole film as he was sharing the narrator, uh, David Neronia, if any of you know him. He, uh, there's this theme of God, of every Arabic name meaning exactly what, that, that God, the king of the universe, predestined each of their names to be a prophetic sign of what they were going to experience. Because he's that intentional with his love. And if he's that intentional of his love with a family in the Middle East, how much more so And today is he intentional of his love for each one of us in this room? That he knows every detail of our life. He knows what we need. And he predestined the names, our names, our lives for the promise that he's about to pour out this morning. So, All right, everybody. We love you. Continue to pray if you're praying. If not, just hug somebody. Love it out. Tell them, hey, have a great day. What a fantastic day here at Resurgent ATL. Let's continue to bless these people. Bless Andrew. Thank you, Andrew, for being here this morning with your team. Bless you guys. We love you.